Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Well, after a week hiatus, over a week hiatus, uh, I'm finally back. Um, I would have been back earlier, however, but the last uh, couple days here, there was a blackout, power out power outage uh, due to a snowstorm that knocked down tree branches and uh, in tree branches that in turn knocked down power lines but the power's back on today and I'm back at it and uh, what I want to do today is uh, I want to review a book that I promised I would review late, late last year it's a book by Garrett Graff uh, it's called UFO the inside story of the United States government's search for alien life here and out there now uh Garrett Graff, I'd never even heard of the guy until late last year, uh, November, when all of a sudden he started showing up on uh, some mainstream news channels talking about UFOs and uh, all the ongoing action in Congress and all of that stuff. And uh, right away, I understood why this guy was on TV, because uh, you could tell that he was an establishment hack. Uh, he doesn't uh, subscribe to the extraterrestrial hypothesis, and he doesn't believe that there's uh, governments covering anything up with regards to uh, crashed alien uh, saucers or uh, uh, reverse engineering programs and all that. Uh, and that's why he was uh, brought on TV. Now, this guy, uh, he's no hes no dumb guy. Let's, say, let's just make it clear. The book, by the way, I, I'll say this, it's well-written and it's well-researched, but only half-assed in a half-assed manner because he basically uh, resorts to uh, debunkers for the most part for his sources. Uh, as well as uh, you know, official statements from the uh, from the Pentagon, from the United States military, from the Air Force, things like that. Uh, anyway, this guy he's written some other books before. In fact, he wrote a book about Watergate, which was very well received, and he also wrote a book called The Only Plane in the Sky about 9/11. Another book that was acclaimed, and now he comes out with this UFO book. Uh, and I remember last year, you know, November, when I heard this guy's name for the first time, I was like, you know, I never even heard of him. This guy's never uh, been involved in researching the UFO subject. I never, I don't know who this person is. That's because he never did before. This was his first uh, time that he dipped his toe into this subject. Uh, he was a former editor at uh, Politico magazine. He's the editor-in-chief of Washington, Washingtonian uh, magazine in Washington, D.C. And also, he's an instructor at Georgetown University. Uh, in the Masters in Professional Studies, Journalism, and Public Relations program. So this guy is well-connected. He's, he's based basically in Washington. And uh, so this is he, he decided, according to the acknowledgments in the back of his book, he decided that uh, th what spurred him in, into writing this book, into doing the research for it and, and, and producing it, was a comment that he heard from the uh, former CIA director, John Brennan, who... Uh, uh, last uh, in 2020 made this statement some of the phenomena we're going to be seeing continues to be unexplained and might in fact be some type of phenomenon that is the result of something that we don't yet understand and that could involve some type of activity that some might say constitutes a different form of life so pretty much when he heard that comment that that set him off that that was what spurred him initially uh to uh, become interested in this subject hearing a comment like this from a 
a former CIA agent like uh, of the pedigree of a John Brennan, uh, you know, got his attention, Garrett's attention. Unfortunately, though, uh, what he does in this book, it's this book is it's it's not uh, complete. I mean, it's 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 it doesn't have all the facts and it's and it seems to be done deliberately. I mean, it has to be done deliberately. This guy is a Harvard grad. And uh, he's very intelligent. Like I said, he's already had some other books. Uh, the book is well-written, well-researched. There's, it's filled with annotations. It, 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 I mean, it has it all except the truth. And uh, basically, he steers away from the truth. I mean, I don't have a problem. I mean, if you're going to put a book out like this, you need to be objective. And unfortunately, that's not what you're getting here. Basically, it's, it's, to, it's so... I, 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 I can't imagine that this was that this guy is that ignorant because he couldn't be. He's too smart for that. So what he did did he deliberately did this, wrote the book in this way because he knew that the establishment would like something like this. They would rather see a book like this and and, and have someone who who uh, researched UFOs like Garrett Graff talking about it on TV, basically to dispel it because that's what he did. I I said last last year when I uh, initially was talking about this guy that he's an establishment hack. Uh, because he's basically towing the Pentagon line. There's, he doesn't uh, subscribe to the extraterrestrial hypothesis for the most part. He doesn't uh, uh, believe in the uh, in the cover up, and and he and he takes took it from that standpoint. He stayed away from research of people like Stanton Friedman for uh, in, in a lot of uh, cases, and and resorted to research done by con- uh, debunkers. And it's like this throughout the book. I'm going to t- go through certain sections of this book, and I'll give you some examples of how he's basically, uh, it's deceiving, it's deceptive. And, and to me, as far as I'm concerned, that, that's a hoax. When, 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 when you're uh, lying by omission, I mean, you're trying to trick people. I mean, that's what this is. I mean, if you go to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary online, it says a hoax is an act intended to trick or dupe. Now, if you're a, that's what happens here. If you're a casual, if you have a casual interest in UFOs uh, and you were to read this, you would be duped. You would be tricked because he's not giving you the full story and it has to be deliberate because this guy's too smart uh, to do otherwise. He, he would have known uh, uh, about other research, but he, he just stayed away from it. In fact, uh, Stanton Friedman, uh, the late Stanton Friedman, the nuclear science, nuclear physicist, uh, talked uh, in, in a lot of his publications about uh, the debunkers' principles of logic, and and Garrett Graff meets all of these uh, for for the most part. I would say all ten of these. It says what the public doesn't know, don't tell them. That's most certainly the case with uh, Garrett Graff's UFO book. Uh, don't bother me with all the facts. Well, that's pretty much the same thing. He doesn't want to list. He doesn't want to consider all the the rest of the facts. Only the facts that. Uh, uh, you know, help with the narrative that, that there we really don't know what UFOs are. That's what his, what his narrative is. But when we when we get to we'll, at some point, we'll figure out some sort of natural phenomena. That's basically what his narrative is. Okay, uh, another one: uh, absence of evidence is evidence of absence. Of course, uh, select the data that matches your conclusions. That's what he does here uh, uh, brilliantly. This is this is a br- this is a br- what this book is. It is uh, a brilliant piece of propaganda. It's brilliant propaganda. That's what this is. And that, that toes the Pentagon line that basically uh, is informs the media. Just go back to sleep. There's nothing to see here. I did all the research. You can read my book and you'll see what I'm talking about. And that's what it's doing. And then for the casual uh, uh, person, the, you know, a person with a casual interest, that would put them to sleep too. 
Uh, another one. If at first a scenario supporting your theory crumbles under the weight of the facts, try, try again to prop up your theory with another scenario, then another, then another. Well, I can't really say uh, Garrett Graff is guilty of that here. This is his first uh time that he's dipped his toe into this subject uh hearsay testimony is acceptable if it supports you but unacceptable if it supports the other guy well i think that is the case here because there's there's many instances here where uh he'll provide co uh commentary from a debunker that you know they they don't really have any that, that's all it's just a comment from a debunker but it's just it doesn't really provide you anything it's it doesn't like like they they they're speaking a, tr a debunker says something uh and you use that comment like it's like it's gospel that's so that he is guilty of that in this uh, it's important to be right. Uh, I don't know if that uh, applies to him. Loudly proclaim the yeah. Excuse me. Loudly proclaim the strength of your testimony. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you, I don't know how you. He's very loudly proclaiming the strength of the testimony because look, we had he was all over TV last year, all over the mainstream news, and and he has a book published. They he got to promote his book. So yeah. Uh, another one, pepper your publications with references to as many personal, i.e. unverifiable interviews as possible. Well, no, nah, I don't say, I don't say he, he did this. And then finally, don't mention references that don't support your theory. The public won't know the difference. Yes. Bingo. Uh, he, he does. He is guilty of that. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to provide you some examples, uh, of, of some of the things that he, that, that I found in this book that just tells me, informs me that this is, this book was designed to be written this way. See, this guy knew what he was doing. I mean, he's already in the part of the Washington establishment. He's working at Politico before he's doing this Washington, Washington Tonian magazine. Uh, you know, he, he's written some other books before he's, he's, you know, he knows how to do it. He, he figured probably this is my, my feeling on what happened here it's not like somebody from the government approached him and say hey garrett why, why don't you write a book that pretty much debunks the ufos why don't you do that i don't believe that that's probably what happened here he probably figured that if i write a book that uh is very skeptical you know uh, from does everything from a skeptical viewpoint or a debunking viewpoint and 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 i don't uh, use all the data and and this this will be appreciated by the establishment and they'll they'll give me some uh press they'll, they'll you know they'll have me on tv you know and that's what he probably figured that's what that that's what i believe most likely happened but you go through this book and i need to use my glasses for this uh it says here, like he's talking about, uh, of course, I, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of everything because a lot of the stuff that he, we're, we're going to be talking about during this review of this book is stuff, are things that I've talked about a number of times, like Roswell, for instance. He talks about everything. In, in fact, I just want to point that out. He goes through the whole gamut from the, from the Tic Tac videos to alien abductions to uh, uh, the MJ-12 documents uh, to to uh, Roswell, everything he covers pretty much as much as he possibly could, and, and so it's over 500 page long epistle, by the way, and uh, it's like again, it's well put together. However, it's very cleverly put together. It's a clever piece of propaganda. That's what it is. And uh, he talks about the, uh, for instance, he talks about the uh, the Roswell incident here on page 248. He's talking about Jesse Marcel, about how years later uh, he had a different story to tell after not talking about it. Uh, you know, Jesse Marcel, of course, he was the top intelligence uh, official at the Roswell Army Airfield uh, back in 1947. And he's one of the people who handled some of the wreckage, some of the material. And then, of course, as we all know, in the late 70s, he, he went public with they, that. It wasn't no weather balloon that I, that I was handling it was uh it was the wreckage from a something that could not have been of this earth 
Uh, but anyway, it says here on page 248, it says Marcel had a very different story to tell. What he'd taken from the ranch three decades before was no ordinary weather balloon, but exotic materials from outer space, dotted with hieroglyphics and possessing properties unlike anything known on Earth. The debris proposed with, uh, he'd had posed with for news photographers back then had been a ruse. So he's talking about there was, you know, those two famous pictures, uh, seven, seven photos in all, I believe. The two famous pictures with Jesse Marcel holding obvious remnants from this uh, a weather balloon, right? And uh, well, what he, what what does uh, Garrett Graff do here? He has a he has it annotated, and you go down to the annotation to see what he says about it. it says here about about the claim about. Uh, uh, about Marcel's claim. It says, this claim alone was easy enough to disprove. There were seven photos taken in 1947 at the air base, two with Marcel, and the wreckage is the same in all the images. So basically, he's, he's calling Marcel a liar that all these years later, that what, what Marcel's story was, was that when, you know he, he was flown from Roswell to Fort Worth, Texas, where he met uh, with his superior, General Roger Ramey, who uh, Ramey informed uh, Marcel that, you know, don't say anything. I'll do all the talking. We're going to meet with the press right now. They meet with the press. A photographer comes in, starts taking pictures and, and Marcel is ordered to hold the, to, to basically pose with some of this uh, phony, the, the, the stuff that he had brought, some of the wreckage that he had brought with him from Roswell was replaced with obvious weather balloon stuff, right? Uh, so Garrett Graff here is just saying that that basically he's calling him a liar, Marcel a liar. That but Marcel's story has been all these years is that he was whole, he the the stuff that he brought to uh, Fort Worth and the stuff that he posed with was not the stuff that he had found at the at the Foster Ranch. The stuff that the the rancher Mac Brazel had uh, shown him that had uh, brought the attention to the Air Force. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, of you know so stuff like that and then uh they're talking about then he goes on he's there uh talking about uh stanton friedman and and william moore william moore actually wrote a book uh using a lot of friedman's information in 1980 the first book about roswell called the roswell incident moore and also charles berlitz uh but anyway it, uh, it says here they're talking about that it says to bolster their argument friedman and moore cited witness testimony from a long-dead civil engineer named Grady Barney Barnett, who had recounted stumbling upon the crashed disc in the desert, surrounded by archaeology students from an unnamed Eastern University who had chanced upon the wreckage. Together, they had examined the alien bodies, hairless, with round heads and small, oddly spaced eyes. Again, there's another annotation after that, right? And the annotation this time is is a comment from James Mosley, the late James Mosley, who was a, a UFO skeptic, debunker, and not only that, but a UFO hoaxer. He, he, he uh, did some uh, UFO uh, pranks. And for what? Why would you have this 
uh, annotation here. It doesn't make any sense from, from somebody who was a debunker skeptic talking about this. But here's what he says, the, the, comment, the annotated comment here from Mosley. It says, if one accepted these tales, then in the late 1940s and early 1950s, saucers were dropping out of the air like flies. If the saucer beings were smart enough to travel safely through space over distances of billions and billions of miles, how likely was it that they'd be dumb enough to crash by the dozens once they got here? Okay, this is the same kind of comment we hear from a lot of debunkers today. If they're so smart, you know, why are they crashing? You hear this from uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson a lot, too. You know, you're not going to come all the way here and then they're going to crash. Okay, you know, here's the thing. You know, they don't take this into consideration. Well, look at the human race. I mean, look, we had the, uh, how come we're so, if we're so smart and we're, we're so advanced like we are, we are advanced for, for, you know, from where we were 200 years ago, for for instance, then why do we have Discovery Crash or the Challenger disaster? Why do, why do we have all this money and time and effort and intelligence poured into these uh, trips into space, but yet somehow uh, they failed and blew up? I mean, what are we talking about? here how do they know how do they know that 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 uh technologically advanced beings from other planets still can't have accidents it's their argument doesn't make any sense uh anyway uh moving on i'm gonna yeah then he also talked about how uh friedman called it a cosmic watergate uh and and that it was the ufo and that the the, uh, the roswell story is basically the most important story of the past millennium and then later on uh on page 350, in a subsequent chapter, Roswell revisited, it says, uh, Graf comes to the conclusion that what well, it was probably that balloon's wreckage that Mac Brazel had found, and it was unsurprising that neither he nor intelligence officer Jesse Marcel nor the officials at the Roswell Air Base did not immediately recognize it as such. The mogul balloons, after all, were enormous, giant trains of balloons, over 30 of them, plus experimental sensors strung together and stretching more than 600 feet. A setup, in other words, that very well might have created a larger than normal wreckage field filled with all sorts of gadgets gizmos metal and debris okay so uh graph comes to the conclusion that that's what it was ga- gadgets gizmos and other metal and debris and then marcel a top uh, intelligence official at uh, roswell army airfield back at that point didn't know the difference between that along with other people and uh which is absolutely absurd because in the Roswell Legacy, written by Marcel Jr., Jesse Marcel Jr., the late Jesse Marcel Jr., unfortunately, uh, he talked about this, and he said that his uh, father, you know, he he knew exactly what that stuff. And actually, the, Jesse Marcel Sr., when he was alive, said he said he knew what it was. Uh, he said, basically says here, he says, as I stated before, my father had just gone through radar school where he studied radar targets similar to the one he was ordered to hold for the photo session. In essence, the government implied that my father couldn't even tell the difference between a box kite and a P-51 Mustang. Such claims just made no sense. So there's no way that uh, Marcel could have made that kind of mistake. I mean, there's just no way. He was... Uh, he he just went to rate. He just he knew what this material was, and, and no, any anybody would have known what that it was uh, just insignificant. You know that it was just oh this is just balloon material. There's some aluminum foil here or foil type material, and you know some balsa sticks. That's about it. That and the radio the, that they're talking about here was nothing. It was just this little uh, cylinder shaped object that had a radio. There's no way that Marcel would have known uh, would have made that kind of mistake. In fact, uh, according to the government.
government itself, the, uh, the, 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 the materials that made up a mogul balloon was uh, 28 neoprene balloons. The balloon that they say crashed, uh, crashed. Well, a balloon doesn't crash for one thing. But the, the government itself says the, the materials that were part of this mogul balloon that, that uh, allegedly everyone made a mistake uh, and thought it was a flying saucer, it was made of 28 neoprene balloons, a Sonoboy microphone, dry cell batteries, and an FM transmitter, four Raywind radar targets composed of balsa woods and wood, balsa sticks and metalized paper, multiple plastic tubes containing a liquid ballast dribbler system, three silk canopy parachutes, and 600 plus feet of braided nylon cord. Now, none of the stuff that was that they're talking about here now jesse marcel jr saw these materials too and none of it was what he saw his father actually brought some of those uh some of that debris back to his home in roswell before he brought it to the base and he showed his son and his wife and marcel jr said it was none of that stuff that they saw on his kitchen floor that night so but this book is not this book here uh, the roswell legacy by jesse marcel jr that's not uh that's not uh, one of the sources for, for this uh, piece by Garrett Graff. I, I think my biggest problem with this book was when he gets in the Majestic 12. And uh, that's where I have some major issues. Because he comes to the conclusion, of course, as we all know, uh, Majestic 12 was, uh, so there were some documents uh, that were leaked, sent in the mail to a, uh, to a, UFO investigators back in the early 1980s. Uh, it was a briefing document uh, that was uh, intended to be presented to uh, President-elect Dwight Eisenhower in 1952 when he was uh, assuming office. And uh, and and Graf comes to the conclusions there that, that that this was all totally bogus. And and you know what? There's a lot of people to, to that to his credit. There's a lot of people in the UFO community who believe the same thing. I don't. I I I've actually read. Uh, you know about Majestic Twelve uh, from Stanton Friedman in his Top Secret Magic uh, book from that, that he published actually initially in the, in the mid '90s, and then it was I have the later uh, edition that was republished in uh, 2005, which includes a, a new after a new afterword that wasn't in the original version. But he comes to the conclusion that there was all these issues with MJ Twelve and all the issues that Graf presents here. It's all from debunkers. There, th- this book here that was published by Stan Friedman, uh, it's not it's not one of his sources. It's uh, he uses sources including the late Philip Class and all uh, all the information that he's basing his opinion on here. Graf uh, is it's based on debunker uh, issues with this that li- were later debunked by Stanton Friedman. And it's un- it's incredible. He goes, here's what he says. Uh, this is on page 316, and this is in the chapter uh, MJ12. It says, uh, experts pointed to the top secret res- restricted information moniker on the memo as compelling proof that some doctoring had taken place since the notation didn't come into existence until the Nixon administration. Then archivists examined Robert Cutler's schedule. Robert Cutler was a special assistant to uh, uh, Eisenhower. And uh, there was a cut. There was a me- memo that uh, that was actually discovered uh, at the National Archives by uh, UFO investigators uh, a few years after they received the uh, in the mail the the uh, MJ12 briefing document. There was the it was called the this other document that they found in the uh, in, in the at the National Archives. Uh, 
uh, was the known as now as the Cutler Twining Memo it was a, mem- a memo from Robert Cutler to uh, General Nathan Twining talking about a meeting with the president to discuss uh, a meeting of the MJ-12, which in essence then proves that there was MJ-12. It was actually that document was actually found at the National Archives. But so it says here. Uh, as, uh, continuing, it says, Then archivists examined Robert Cutler's schedule and found that he'd been overseas for the first half of that month, touring U.S. installations in Europe and North Africa, which meant he wouldn't have been in a position to write a routine scheduling memo on July 14th. And there was, of course, the question of the president. The briefing memo had been written as if the existence of aliens and UFOs would all have been news to Dwight Eisenhower if there was indeed a cover-up of aliens and UFOs during the summer of the Arnold sighting and Roswell crash. Surely it would have involved telling the man who was the commander of both the u.s army and army air forces okay uh, i'm going to talk i'm going to uh, go through these issues that he has here one, uh, one by one here okay first off the top secret restricted information actually uh, uh freeman himself uh, in the in the afterword in his top secret magic talks about this he says another troublesome a- troublesome aspect of the cutler twining memo was the use of the strange security marking top secret restricted as i had noted in chapter 5 i had seen confidential restricted and strict and secret restricted but not any top secret restricted documents however in going through the 400 play- page plus general accounting office report on their efforts to locate roswell related material mostly pretty dull stuff i noted on page 80 the following statement and this was from the general accounting office of the united states that's that that actually sent the, uh, this made it clear here that they they found other documents that did have that uh uh security marking it says uh and this is what they said the 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 general accounting office it says uh miss lj and i reviewed records pertaining to the air force's atomic energy and certain mission and weapons requirements these files were classified up to and, and including top secret the period covered by these records was from 1948 to 1956 there was no mention of the Roswell incident. No information pertaining to the assignment was obtained. In several instances, we noticed the classification top secret restricted and on several documents. This is mentioned because in past references to these to this classification, Majestic 12, we were told that it was not used during the during this period. So they actually showed there, they, they let you know right there that uh, it was used. Um, so... That that's another, and then and then moving on here, he talks uh, about Robert Cutler being overseas, right? That that was another interesting thing that that uh, Stanton Friedman talked about in this book. He, yeah, he was Cutler was overseas, and he actually had let his his assistant know to let keep stuff running out of his box, and the and the and the document uh, that we're talking about here, the cut the the. The, the Cutler Twining memo wasn't signed by anybody. It wasn't signed by Cutler because he was overseas. That's why it wasn't signed. So there, there was answers to that, but that's not uh, to that issue. But there, that's not talked about here because he didn't even look at this book. That's not even one of his sources for this. And then, uh, and then he makes this statement about the uh, that Dwight Eisenhower would have known. Uh, you know, how, why, why would he even need a briefing document? Well, you know, it doesn't matter who the, 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 any new president's going to want to know 
uh, going to receive a briefing document on this, right? They're they're going to want to see this. Uh, so I don't think that that's an issue. And who knows? How do we? How does he know that Dwight Eisenhower knew knew everything at this point? And and the document, the the briefing document, was not written in a way that would seem like nobody ever heard of it before. It was just presenting information. And it also states on the Majestic Twelve document on the briefing document. Uh, it says here, note, this document has been prepared as a preliminary briefing only. It should be regarded as introductory to a full operations briefing intended to follow. And another thing, uh, Eisenhower wasn't part of Majestic 12. There, I'm sure he probably didn't know uh, everything that there was needed to be known about aliens and the recovery of extraterrestrial craft. So I don't see, it wasn't written like he wouldn't know. It was just providing a, 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 a history of what, where it's at, what's going on and what they've been doing. And does, how does, how does Graf know that Eisenhower knew everything and, and wouldn't need a briefing document? That's an absurd one. But then the best one is this. It says, in the end, the most, da- this is what uh, uh, Garrett Graff writes. He says, in the end, the most damning piece of evidence came from a UFO debunker named Philip Phil Class, he calls him, who spotted a telling extra comma in the briefing paper's date, 18 November 1952. No established contemporaneous government documents featured a comma after the month, but Class could find... Uh, could find one specific person who did routinely use a comma in his writings, uh, and he's talking about William Moore himself. So he's saying that one of the UFO researchers, William Moore, was he 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 wrote stuff like that. That's what Class tried to say. That may be true, and that's okay, fine and dandy. But however, Class was wrong, and actually, uh, Fried uh, was wrong. He's saying that the government didn't use that kind because actually, Friedman did find examples of that. Let me check it out here. And again, this is from, I'm going, now I'm going back to uh, 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 Top Secret Magic by Friedman. It's on here, on, on page 79, it says here, More importantly, if you spend sufficient time doing actual work in archives, going through many papers of a particular individual, you'll find many different date formats, many different letter formats, and many different style formats emanating from the same office. For example, in letters from MJ-12 member General Walter Bedell Smith to General George Marshall, personal notes, birthday notes, thanks for the greetings, and so on. There are four different date formats, 29 December 1952, 26 October, 1954, note the comma, October 7th, 1954, and 12-29-54. So there, he found examples. Actually, Friedman did find examples where, where the government did use this, uh, did, uh, did use that format. So... Uh, Graf is is providing incomplete information here in his book, and then he that that's how he c- comes to his uh, conclusion. Here, here's what he here's how he concludes. He says, at best, the images were uh, the images of the MJ12 documents he's talking about were pranks. Were they, they, that's all it was was a prank that was played on these UFO researchers, and at worst. Uh, that was an intentional outright forgery by at least one of them. So he's accusing these uh, people like Friedman, accusing them, or, or Jamie Shandera, of, of a hoax, of 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 making the documents themselves. That's what he's doing. Or that it was a prank by somebody else. And Cosmic Watergate, this was not. So he bases his opinion on on debunker information that was later debunked and he comes to that conclusion. So how's this, this book is, is garbage. I mean, you're, it's an incomplete, it's not providing all the information. It's not providing all the data. It's, a, it's basically omitting. It's basically, it's lying by om- omission. That's what it is. And that's why I think uh, you could consider this book a hoax. Uh, and then you, you go, you look at some other stuff here. I'm going to 
talk about some other aspects to this. He talks about the the Belgian wave. Of course, in 1989, 1990, there was like 3,000 people, right, throughout Bel- uh, uh, throughout Belgium that seeing these this triangle shaped object, right? A lot of people, a lot of witnesses over this. What, what does he conclude? Oh, it was mass, mass hysteria, right? That's what it was, mass hysteria. And then uh, he talks about how uh, in 2011 it was proved that the, one, one of the famous images, you know, there's that famous image of the triangle shaped object with the, the three big lights and the little light in the middle, right? That that was a hoax. Uh, uh, there was the guy who allegedly uh, did this. Uh, actually said his name was uh, uh, Patrick uh, Marischal came out in 2011 and claimed it was a hoax and so yeah okay big whoop that doesn't mean anything for one thing that doesn't prove does that mean every all everybody else was uh, uh, they were seeing things I guess then right but anyway here's what he says he says subsequent investigations largely this is with regard to the uh the sightings themselves subsequent investigations largely settled on the idea of a national mass hysteria as a cause okay who 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 settled that subsequent investigations largely settled on the idea that it was mass hysteria who who are these people debunkers i mean I, i i don't know is that what he's saying i don't that's what it sounds like but then he talks about the uh, uh, about the about the hoax. It was that it was uh, it was they call that picture by by the way the UFO at Petit Rashan. It was determined it was not a spaceship from a distant galaxy, but a panel of painted styrofoam with three spots affixed. It would be nearly a decade before the black triangle UFO made famous in Belgium was spotted again, and that next time it would be over the skies of the United States. Okay. That's true. There was a guy that stepped forward, like I said, uh, this Patrick Marischal in 2011 said it was he, he was the one who fo- hoaxed this photo. Unfortunately for uh, Garrett Graff is that he has since said otherwise now. Now, according to uh, 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 research that was conducted by Roger Stan on uh, Reddit, it says here he recently contacted the for, for photographer and he recanted his story of it being a hoax. In a recent communication on July 7th, 2022, uh, he told me that the photograph was real and that he was proud of it, but wished he had never disclosed it to the media and the world as it caused him a lot of angst. He also told me that no monetary exchange had occurred during the initial disclosure of the photograph to the media. Moreover, when interviewed by the authorities at the time of the initial release of the photograph, he was perceived as a credible and honest civilian. So then he said later on, he's decided... He's, decided to say it was a hoax that's what he's saying now we don't know now i mean you have people that do this kind of stuff they say oh it's real then 10 years later oh no it was a hoax oh no it was real i don't know what the story is but that should have been in here too but anyway the blame like 2000 to 3000 eyewitness accounts including a lot by military officials and police that this was all mass hysteria is all it's bogus that is a bogus argument that's a debunker argument you hear that one all the time when they when they have multiple witnesses like that that's that's their fallback mass hysteria and that's what he's prop he's trying to promote that theory here for the belgian wave uh, in this crazy book, in this, in this, what I call uh, a hoax. I believe that this book is a. I call it a hoax because again, it's it's deception. It's 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 designed to deceive. It's designed to put the world to sleep on UFOs again. 
And then there was, uh, no, he talks about alien abduction in here, for instance. He, uh, there was a couple of chapters here, Interrupted Journey, and also it was followed with another one, another chapter here, Sex with Aliens, right? And it gets into, like, uh, a lot of the the researchers, like uh, uh, Bud Hopkins, uh, David Jacobs, and really focuses a lot on John Mack. But in, instead, he, he presents the, the information about the, uh, about what... Uh, you know what's what these people learned a little bit here but then he it trails away and it, it, it talks about mac a lot about some of the personal problems he had when he was a kid and the, you know issues that uh that he had with harvard you know that harvard was really upset with him that, that it was about his personal struggles it turned into a story about john mac rather than focusing on the research of of what mac and others had uh, put out there put forth to the world with regard to alien abduction just again it's trying to take your eyes i showing you to here, check out this ch check out the shiny object don't worry about what he, what the guy said look at the guy's life he had some issues he had you know this is why he was interested in it. so yeah he, that the, the, it was probably nothing that's what basically what he does there the, the whole book is is junk like this and it, it's very upsetting uh and uh I, I i i don't i don't recommend it unfortunately i spent the money on this but of course uh, maybe I could uh, steer people away from uh, wasting their money on. Then, then of course, the Tic Tac incident. Uh, he goes through the Tic Tac incident here, has a chapter dedicated to that, but then it ends with an annotation. And wait to hear this annotation. This is the best. It says, years of follow-up investigation have left investigators wondering whether the infrared fighter videos are actually much more mundane. Of course, he's here. He's talking about the uh, the, the gimbal and the, and the, and the tic-tac, right? He said, strange artifacts of ca camera lens distortion and misperceived distances. And he, then he has to use Mick West. Mick West, the UFO skeptic, actually the bunker, has argued that the strange radar sightings appearing both on the USS Princeton and the USS Theodore Roosevelt of all the ships in the United States Navy is hardly a coincidence. Both ships had recently undergone tech and radar upgrades prior to their supposed sightings, and he suspects miscalibrated machines as part of the reason behind the radar contacts. So again, he's trying to dispel it all away. All of it. All away. That's what this, that's what this book is designed to do. You know, another thing that, uh, you know, getting back to the MJ-12, the, the MJ there's something else I wanted to mention. Uh, there's no mention, of course, he he, he, he uses Philip Class's, research, quote, research, end quote, uh, to basically uh, come to a, his conclusion that there was nothing at all to the MJ-12 documents, right? Uh, but, however, uh, I don't know, a lot of, I'm, so, I'm sure some of you are aware that, uh, uh, that actually class lost a thousand dollar bet to uh uh stanton friedman over over uh some of this document some of the statements that uh class uh had made with regard to these documents here's from stanton friedman's book uh science flying saucers and science uh it says here ufo expert philip class and others find lexicographic inconsistencies that suggest the whole thing is a hoax uh, he's this is and he was act, uh, that was a quote from a, a book by Carl Sagan called the Demon Haunted World. Uh, the Air, the Air Force documents say that the doc the, the the Air Force says the documents are bogus and that the no, and UFO expert class and others find uh, lexicographic inconsistencies that suggest the whole thing is a hoax. Class, according to uh, Friedman, says he seemed to be totally unaware of the fact that class or excuse me. 
Uh, Sagan seemed to be totally unaware of the fact that Class had paid me $1,000 for providing more than 14 documents done in exactly the same Pika typeface as the Cutler Twining memo. Class, on the basis of nine elite typeface documents obtained by him via mail, he had never been ne- he had never been to the Ike Library. Of the 250,000 pages of National Security Council material at the Eisenhower li- Library, and insisted. Uh, that they should have been done in elite type. Some lexicographic research. Uh, it is interesting that he he had told many people of his challenge to me to find any other legitimate examples of the use of the same type and size pica type as used in the memo, but told nobody about paying me. He had offered $100 for each, unfortunately settling setting at a maximum of 10 He got upset with me for having published our correspondence and a copy of the check. See, so basically what happened here was that class made a bet with with Speedman. if you could find uh any kind of other government documents that's using the same kind of typeface as this that you that you that's in this cutler twining memo then i'll give you a hundred dollars up to a thousand dollars and and uh friedman found 14 of them and 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 mailed copies of them to class and then class sent them a check and uh friedman uh framed the, the the check on in his office in his house and uh, then class got upset that Friedman talked about this, told people about it later on. But there's nothing there, that's not mentioned in here. This whole book is is a farce. I mean, it's 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 a deliberately designed to deceive. That's what it is. It's propaganda. It's it's it's. I'll tell you what. It's it's brilliant propaganda. I mean, this is uh, this guy spent a lot of time on this. I give him credit. Uh, but he did this, he wrote it in a way where he knew he was going to get attention from the media because the media, they're not going to give the attention. For instance, R- Richard Dolan comes out with a new book next week, right? He's not going to be on MSNBC or Fox or CNN talking about his new book, right? No, but Garrett Graft writes a book, you know, an establishment hack. Oh yeah, they're going to bring this guy on because he doesn't he doesn't buy any of this stuff. And, he, and, and he'll, he'll only present half the information. He won't present both sides of the story. And that's what's happened here, folks. The book is, is junk. And uh, I, I'm, I was very upset reading it, actually, because, you know, we, I feel like I was being deceived. I feel like I got ripped off. I want my money back, actually. I want my money back for this book. That's what I feel like. I feel like demanding my money back. Actually, Garrett Graff should be asked these kind of questions. Why did you not include uh, all the information? Why did you only go, why did you only uh, use sources who were debunkers and you didn't even refer to... Uh, uh, any books that were written by people who actually did real research into this? Why? Why did he only go to debunkers? I, I, that doesn't make any sense. Another thing that I wanted to talk about here, uh, I'm going to skip forward here again to this uh, Roswell chapter that he did. Yeah, toward the end of the like, uh, he he ends up ends this chapter on Roswell. Uh, Roswell revisited. This is chapter 42 of the book. He ends this chapter on Roswell talking about uh, that had the Air Force released a lot of this documentation years earlier, like, I guess, documentation with regard to the dummy drops from the 50s that didn't even happen in 1947 and the mogul balloon nonsense. Had they released that all earlier, then then there would have been no Roswell mystery. Like he says here, it says... uh, uh, it says at the very end, it says, all of that, however, didn't matter. By then, the world believed. Roswell was now internationally synonymous with aliens and government cover-ups, whether or not anything had it ever actually happened there. As the UFO prankster James Mosley gleefully said at the 50th anniversary party, it's the greatest celebration of a non-event I've ever experienced. Now, why would... Okay, so basically, you're, you're, you're towing the Pentagon line wholeheartedly here you, you don't care about all the research done by other people like don schmidt and thomas carey or uh, uh 
Stan Friedman, or Kevin Randall. There's a lot of people who did a lot of research on the Roswell. That doesn't matter. But you're going to use a, the end of your story to, to, to you know to, to 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 help with your narrative. You're going to use a comment from a, a, a you're calling him even here a UFO prankster James Mosley saying it's the greatest celebration of a non-event I've ever experienced. And that's how the chapter ends, basically. So you're using a a, a, a comment from somebody who's a, a a liar and a hoaxer and a debunker as the, the, the to to sum up your 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 feelings on Roswell. It's the greatest celebration. This was for the 1997 uh, 50th anniversary event where Mosley was still alive at that point, and uh, greatest celebration ever of a non-event I've ever experienced. Like that that comment should hold any weight at all i mean who cares what mosley said why don't we hear from people who actually investigated not some debunker who just sits back and laughs at all this stuff it doesn't make any sense to me but this is how this book is presented it's trash uh it's well written but at the end it's it's trash because it's 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 half-assed it doesn't provide all the information it only pro provides the data that supports the hypothesis that he's the, the narrative that he's trying to push here and again i think it was i think it was a smart thing that he did i mean if you if you want to write a ufo book you see you're placed you're, you're well placed in washington you already have a couple of books you're the editor at politico and you decide you realize okay if i write a book you know a debunker style of book a book that the uh uh the uh guerrilla skepticism of wikipedia organization would love me for uh, i'll be bought, bought on all these channels to talk about it i'll be able to promote my book because they'll they'll want to hear from me right that's what he did here you know, somebody, I like to see somebody interview Graf and ask him these hard questions. Say, why didn't you, I mean, you, you do a whole chapter about MJ-12 and you don't even talk about the book from Stanton Friedman, but you have uh, stuff from debunkers. You don't, you don't, you don't even mention in that chapter, it doesn't even talk about the, the, the special operating manual, the special operations manual that was leaked in the early nineties that, that was investigated and, and reported on uh, extensively by father and son uh, team, Robert and Ryan Wood right it didn't talk about that they didn't even mention that the special operations manual they didn't even mention that at all don't, don't you know i guess he didn't want to touch that one with a 10-foot pole i guess it would be very difficult to try to explain that away as just a hoax because he would have known that it would have taken way a ton of money to put that pocket if somebody did hoax that if somebody were to to have hoaxed that special operations manual you're talking hundreds hundreds of thousands of dollars probably to do something like that there's no way that somebody just sitting in their basement could put something like that together because believe me if you you look at that document it fits in with other government documents and it's it would take somebody way too much time to put something like that together for a prank you're not going to make anything out of it it's not like anybody ever wrote books about the special operations manual and became multi-millionaires with it so how do you explain that away so you, instead you don't even mention it in the book instead you just don't you don't, you don't include that in your mj12 chapter and then you provide and then and the other part of the about the mj12 chapter again you just use uh, you use comments from people like uh, uh, Philip Class, and that's it. And you don't even talk about what Stanton Friedman discovered. All the research, the difficult. You look at this book. I mean, this is a very compelling argument that he makes in this book. Now, do I do I believe in the MJ12 documents? I I do in some of them. I believe in those in the, in the briefing document. I believe that that's you know I, I'm pretty sure that that could be real. I believe that the Cutler Twining memo could be real. I believe that the Special Operations Manual could be real. The there were other documents that were released over time that I don't think were real, that I think were hoaxes. 
but I have not seen any proof. I've seen more proof that shows that they are, could be real than they could be false. But that that's not presented here. You get a one-sided argument on here. And how how could this how could you put something out there like this? You're basically fooling people. You should be objective when you're going to put a book like this together. You're you're well placed in Washington. You could have been objective about this, but he's not. He was not objective, and I believe it was done. This is just my opinion. Doesn't make me right, but I'm going to say I think he did it because he knew that the only way he's going to really going to get this book to be successful is because if he if he does, takes it from an establishment viewpoint this is what the pentagon the pentagon loves this kind of a book because it basically you know has a narrative that the uh, that dispels this idea that there's a cover-up that there's extraterrestrials here at all in the end I, you know it was funny I, I read some other reviews on here that were that were put out there for this book for instance like the ap uh there was a review on ap about it and uh, the, the review was written by Arnold DeMillo. And this is when the book first came out back in November. And it says here, it, that, that review ends. It says, Graf is unlikely to convert firm skeptics, but he may at least convince them to keep an open mind the next time they read about UFOs or UAP. And I'm wondering, did this guy read the same book I read? Because, I mean, if you're a skeptic, this is, this is a dream come true for you. This is, this, is, this is basically debunking it for the most part. I mean, there are some things in there. He does have a chapter for the Socorro, New Mexico uh, incident with Lonnie Zamora in 1964, for instance. And uh, for the most part, he doesn't really provide an explanation for that one. I mean, that was a case, though, strangely. That seems to be one of those cases that the the Pentagon never really... Uh, they didn't try hard. They didn't really try to make a fool out of Lonnie Zamora. Now, you had debunkers like Philip Class and stuff like that always saying, oh, it was a hoax, it was this or that. Uh, and then you had uh, Hector Quintanilla, the, the former head of Project Blue Book at the time, saying that he he's made a statement that they never got an explanation for that. And that's that he does... Uh, th that's how the Air Force has always handled that one. Blue Book does not have an explanation, basically, for the Socorro, New Mexico incident. Uh, but uh, other than that, this book is is designed to make people think that there's nothing to this. Uh, again, you have you, you end the Tic Tac chapter with comments from Mick West. Oh, Mick West, because some some former video game programmer thinks that uh, knows more than the military somehow. The, the military still doesn't have an explanation for it, but yet this former video game programmer has has the explanation for it. And, and all he what what he's doing is he Mick West when it comes like for instance the gimbal. He, he presents some technical gibbery, uh, jabberwocky, basically, gibberish, uh, mumbo-jumbo to fool people who don't know any better. And they think, oh, he said, he just said, blah, blah, and he, he must be right. Gimbal's not real because Mick West said, blah, blah, blah. That's what it seems like to me. I mean, there's been other people who put out uh, their their, their uh, opposing viewpoints on Gimbal, and theirs made just as, made more sense than what Mick West is saying. But yet, we, what, what do we get in Garrett Graff's book? We get Mick West having the final the final uh, say uh, in an annotation the, to end the uh, chapter on the Tic Tac and Gimbal. I mean, come on. So yeah, this guy knew what he was doing. I give it a big thumbs down. Uh, I mean, I, I, I find it a, a fascinating piece of propaganda and I understand why he wrote it the way he did uh, be, because, again, this is this would give him attention. If he wrote a Richard Dolan-style kind of historical uh, book on, on UFOs, you know, then he knows he's not going to get uh, uh, get on the 7 a.m. Morning Joe show, right? Uh, he does this, right, which is pro... pro uh, uh, pro-Pentagon, pro pro-secret control group, well, oh yeah, let's bring this guy on TV, he knows what he's talking about. 
you know, it's, now, again, he's only been researching this for since 2020. That's when he's you know, at some point after 2020 when he heard John Brennan talking about this. So 20, it was late 2020 actually when Brennan made that statement. So 2021, 2022, he the, the, he does mention the year 2023 in this. So he was still writing this. Uh, I guess it wasn't complete yet as of uh, early 2023, uh, and yet. You know, this guy's brought on TV like he's the know-all expert when you have other people out there doing this for like 30, 40 years and they're not being brought on to talk about it. That's because he knew, Garrett Graff knew what he was doing when he wrote this book. It, to me, it's a hoax. A lot of people out there who are going to read this, a lot of people in Washington, like for instance, people in, in politics who, uh, are, that's all they do is follow politics. They'll, they'll read a book like this and they'll, they'll walk away thinking, oh, he really nailed it. Now I get it. Now I understand what's going on. He really covered it all when he actually didn't. He, he, only, he provides one side of an argument, not the rest. He, he deliberately left out data. How could you write about MJ-12 and not talk about this book that Stan Friedman wrote? How could that happen? Anyway, I want to say thank you all for joining me. Until next time.